You're going where? You're doing what? Are you crazy, Aunt Tam? Make sure you subscribe. Welcome to Many Roads Traveled. I'm Tamara, and I have one question for you. Do you love to travel? Awesome! Well, then I invite you to join me on my 30,000-mile road trip from Paris to Cape Town back to Nairobi. One more thing. We'll be traveling back in time to 1993 before the internet, Google Maps, and cell phones. However, not to worry because I do give you up-to-date info on each episode. Plus, you can always find more information on my website, manyroadstravel.com. So, without further ado, let's hit the road! So it's episode 46, and this episode is going to be about my time climbing Zombo Plateau, as well as going to Blantyre in Malawi, and also dealing with malaria for the first time. Not good. I definitely don't recommend it. <laughs> so we're also going to be covering about... 250 miles on this episode take us, us up to 20,250 miles. Picking up where we left off on the last episode, when I finally <laughs> left Nakata Bay after about three weeks and Cape McClear for about five days, I was back traveling on my own again and I was in Zumba and I hadn't been feeling that great for the last couple of days. Uh, I also had a few infections on my legs, but a really bad one in my foot from a sea urchin spine from when I jumped onto a bed of sea urchins, obviously accidentally, <laughs> in Zanzibar. So one of the spines got infected, but I did get it out. I was finding pieces of spines coming out of my feet for months for like after Zanzibar. It was ridiculous. Not feeling 100%, and of course I decide I'm going to climb a mountain. <laughs> like, why not? Uh, also, I have a, a rare blood illness, so that had kicked in as well. That's what I thought it was, so I was aching all over as well. But I was just like, okay, well, I'm just going to climb this plateau. It'll be fine. <laughs> so it's day 286, and I yeah set off to climb this plateau, Zumba Plateau, it's about 2,000 meters, so just over 6,000 feet. And it kind of comes out of nowhere. And it's beautiful. The area is about 130 square kilometers. So it's mostly forest, mixed vegetation, as well as farmlands. So as I was walking towards it, I kind of asked a few locals, like, is there a path? Like, <laughs> how do I get up there? And they just said, oh, go on the potato path. And pointed me in the direction. So I was like, okay. <laughs> so I start heading up that. Well, I think the potato path was basically the fastest way up there because it was literally just straight up. So I got about halfway and just sweat buckets. It took me an hour just to get halfway. And then luckily there was a like quite a posh hotel there. So I, I popped in there to use the bathroom because I stupidly didn't bring my water bottle, idiot. So I drank some water in the bathroom. And then headed off again, still really no idea what I was doing. And then coming through the forest, and then I found a stream. So I just kind of followed that stream for quite a while. Again, stupidly drank out of the stream because it looked pretty fresh and it was running pretty fast. And I was really thirsty. Along my way, I bumped into some schoolgirls and they were picking these yellow berries and eating them. So I tried one. They're really good. So I started picking them with them. And they picked me like three handfuls, bless them. 
gave them to me, so I kind of had those in my pocket. So yeah, so I was munching on my berries as I was walking along, and you know, I was by myself. It was beautiful. I love, I love being back in the nature. And then I, I came to like an old dirt road, so I just started following that because it was going up the mountain. So there's like the plateau, and then there's like a, a mountain as well in the background. I decided I was just going to climb both, I guess. <laughs> So just followed up the road until it ended and then saw another path. So went up the path. So I finally got to the top hours later. But yeah, beautiful views. Amazing. Sweat and buckets. My foot was now starting to really hurt because I just didn't, wasn't really thinking clearly. I guess before I left and I didn't think I'd be gone that long. So once I was at the top, of course, then I had to come all the way down. I finally got back to my hotel which I found out was a brothel. <laughs> it's like half bar, half brothel. So yeah, I was gone for about seven hours in total. So I was exhausted. Grabbed something to eat and then went to have a shower. We had it because the brothel, <laughs> which I thought was a hustle, you have to walk through the bar from my room to get to the bathrooms and the showers. So like walking back, you know, I got, I would get dressed, obviously, it wasn't just in a towel or anything, but walked through the bar and there, you know, there's all these drunken men in there and they clocked me. I, after I ate, I just crashed in my room and I, yeah, was not feeling great. I, I had a fever and really bad headache. And plus I've got to listen to this bar music. <laughs> and then just as I was about to fall asleep, like anytime I'd close my eyes, I started hallucinating and a massive mosquito was coming for my face every time I closed my eyes. So then I'd open my eyes again and it'd be gone. And then just kept repeating that. And then the next thing I know, I hear all these drunken men outside my door yelling, pounding on my door, trying to break into my door. I'm sick with something. And now I've got, you know, a bunch of guys, what, trying to gang rape me or something? Like, this is not good at all. Luckily, there was a chair in my my room so I was able to wedge that under the door handle and they finally gave up after a while but it was a yeah it was quite scary for a good half an hour that's for sure finally did eventually fall asleep probably around three in the morning or something after the bar had closed and it all calmed down the next morning I woke up still not feeling great but I just want to get the hell out of there so I decided that I was going to try and hitch a ride to Blantyre at about eight in the morning I was on the road and luckily I only had to wait about 20 minutes and got picked up by these two Greek Malawians. <laughs> I, guess, I guess they're half Greek, half Malawians. And they'd also picked up an American girl. So the two of us were in the back and they were driving. And yeah, they just decided to drive at lightning speed. We got to Blantyre in like half an hour or something. So that was good because it was about 70 kilometers. And in Africa, yeah, roads aren't great. And they even dropped me off at the place I wanted to stay that I'd been recommended by some friends. It's called Dougal's. So got there and it was lovely. It was like it was basically just a big house that he converted into, you know, kind of dorm rooms and private rooms. So there's a big living room with loads of couches and stuff like that, TV, stereo, and you can also use the kitchen as well. Remember, this is 1993. I mean, a lot of hostels are like that now, but back then, especially in Africa, there just wasn't a lot of hostels like that. They're more like cheap guest houses with just rooms that are mostly cells. <laughs> cells a lot of them you know some better than others so it was great and there's obviously lots of other travelers there and they also had big backyards so you could also camp in the in the backyard so i did that because there's only i think it was 25 kwacha 
for a room and 15 to camp. So Quacha, it was about between four and seven Quacha to the dollar when I was there. Nowadays, it's it's crazy. It's almost 2,000 Quacha to the dollar. Inflation's gone crazy, which is why Malawi is one of the poorest countries in Africa, sadly. So I literally just flopped on one of the couches from, I got there about nine in the morning till four in the afternoon because I just was not feeling good at all. I did manage to have a shower because they had hot water, which was a novelty, although I was so used to cold water, <laughs> didn't really phase me, but I still preferred hot to cold, that's for sure. A little bit later, I met the owner who actually had the same last name as me, so we bonded right away. <laughs> he just started calling me his little sister, so that was cool, and obviously I kind of got some special treatment because <laughs> I would just be like, oh yeah, no, I'm the owner's little sister. <laughs> called Dave. And yeah, he was a great guy. Oh my gosh, he liked to party too. So I basically just hung out there for the weekend and just took it easy. Then finally, on the Monday, so day 270, I think, I was feeling a little bit better and met this really nice Aussie guy who's also called Dave. <laughs> so him and I started playing darts and he was like, well, can I get you a beer? I was like, oh, okay, I'll have one. You should know me by now that when I say one, that usually never means one. So, of course, we started playing darts and drinking more beers. And then Dave B., the owner, came in and he was drunk. So it was just turned into a whirlwind. And we ended up having a massive dart competition. <laughs> a lot more beers. And then David, I'll call the owner David. So David, he's like, well, let's go to the Blantyre Sports Club, which is you know, fairly posh club. So he's like, well, jump on the back of my motorbike and let's go. No helmets. And he'd been drinking. I'm an idiot. Yeah, should never have gone on, on the bike for sure. But when you're 24 and stupid, there you go. And then five other backpackers that were staying at the guest house, they got a taxi, sensible, <laughs> to and met us there. And I totally forgot about the dress code in Malawi. Women have to wear skirts or dresses. And I was just in cut-off denim shorts and a t-shirt. But because this is kind of a private club, I got away with it, so that was good. And I'm not sure quite why, but I, I ended up with a pack of smokes, which I didn't smoke cigarettes at all then. <laughs> but the cigarettes in Malawi, I think, probably have the best name, as an ironic name, of all brands I've ever seen. They're called Life. <laughs> so, yeah, I ended up smoking and drinking. Met this really lovely local lady. She was called Addis, and I kitted off with her right away. So I was chatting to her for ages, and then I went outside for a smoke. Although you could smoke indoors too back then, but and then met a bunch of high school girls, <laughs> and they were like, "Oh, can you get us some beers?" So I was like, "Sure, why not?" I mean, they were—I think they were about seventeen. Well, the next thing I know, the waiters just coming to us outside in the parking lot and bringing us beers out there. So it worked out well for, for them, for sure. <laughs> and with I didn't realize it, but David had left. So then the next thing I know, this other guy comes roaring in on David's motorcycle. And he's like, get on the back. I got to take you to where David is now. I'm like, what? Okay. So again, I jump on the back, no helmets. So we get to this other place and I was starving now because I don't even know if I'd eaten all day. So David, he knew the owner of this, this other place. So he made me a few sandwiches and, you know, didn't charge me for them. So that was cool because I was low on cash. And then just more drinking and dancing and somehow made it home in one piece. <laughs> Which is remarkable. 
So the next day, well, I didn't know if I was hungover, just not feeling good again. <laughs> I don't know, just wasn't feeling great. So I got up about 11.30 in the morning, and David had left me a note saying, you're in charge <laughs> for a guest house. I was like, okay. And of course, that day, loads of people came in that I had to check in and decide rooms and all that. Thanks, David, man. <laughs> but it was really cool, because I actually ended up knowing mostly everyone that came in. <laughs> so Aaron... And Richard, who my buddies from Nakata Bay, they came in and they asked me where Ron was, who was my kind of Kiwi guy that I'd been traveling with and romantically entangled with for a few weeks. But we had parted ways a few days before, after Kate McClear. So I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> and then literally half an hour later, Ron walked in. <laughs> I was like, well, there he is. <laughs> So it was good to see him again. He was a very handsome guy from New Zealand, ex-rugby player, like tall, blue-eyed, blonde hair, really fit bod. And now a quick sponsor break. So the number one reason I use this website to book most of my accommodations when I travel around the world is because they often offer a 24 to 48-hour free cancellation fee, plus they are a price comparison site. So you get the cheapest price possible. So... Head on over to manyroadstravel.com forward slash booking, and you'll also be helping support the show. So I thank you for that. Okay, now back to the show. One last reminder, if you want to save yourself money on your accommodation and get the free 24 to 48 cancellation fees on most bookings, then please head on over to manyroadstravel.com forward slash booking. Okay, back to the show. So it was nice to see him because I didn't think I'd see him again. So yeah, that was, we were kind of reunited. And then a couple of American girls I met. So just lots of people. It was, it was really cool. And then Ron decided he was going to move into my tent with me. I was like, oh, okay, because he's only there for two nights, I think. And the two American girls, Christy and Emily, I was going to climb Melanges, the mountains near Blantyre. We were going to do that in a couple of days. So we organized that, which was cool. And then the, the two Greek Malawians who'd give me the, a ride to duels, they came in. So we ended up all having a big game of volleyball in the, in the backyard. So that was lots of fun. And then we just all had a fish dinner at the guest house and a couple of beers. And I crashed pretty early with Ron in the tent. Had a little bit of kissing, some snogging going on. And just crashed, basically. Next day, I woke up feeling really, really bad. I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, something's not right. I know my blood on this stuff, but this was something else. It was so weird because it just kept coming in waves. Like it started in Zomba. I think that was kind of my first wave. Be okay one day and the next it was just kind of, and every wave seemed to get worse as well. So I ended up going into town with Ron, Aaron and Richard and we got some groceries because we were going to have a big dinner at the guest house that night. Once we got back, I just had to have a nap, which worked out well for me because <laughs> the boys just did all the cooking. <laughs> So yeah, we had uh, chicken, potatoes, carrots, beans, and gravy. It was really good. It was nice to like, and be, like we're in a home, like it's a house, right? So it really felt very homely. And plus I was with lots of people I knew, especially Ron, Richard, and Aaron, because I hung out with them for weeks in Nakata Bay. So it was really nice. But then Ron said something that annoyed me. So he went to bed in the tent and I just stayed up for another hour or so, waiting for hopefully he'd fall asleep. <laughs> then I got to the tent and that was our last night together. So not ideal, really. So I wanted to kind of get going, but the girls, Emily and Christy, they couldn't go to Mahaji's till the following day. So I had to wait another day in Blantyre at Dougal's. You know, it's not a bad place to hang out, that's for sure. But then David, the owner, came in. 
because he, you know, he'd be in and out. He wasn't there all the time. He said, I was running the place for a few days. <laughs> like, you'd only knew me a day. He's like, yeah, you run the joint. <laughs> well, I guess, you know, we had the same last name. You think your family. And I, he did feel like my big brother in a way, actually. So anyways, he rocks in and he's like, well, hey, do you want to come to Tobacco Farm with me? Because tobacco's there's lots of tobacco around Blantyre that's grown there. Sure. You know, I was bored. I was like, why not? So I left a note for Emily and Christy because they were out saying, okay, I'll meet you at Mahaji's tomorrow at the, the base in the morning because I'm going to Dave's farm. It was about 100 and I didn't realize, but it was about 120 Ks away from Blantyre. So I went with Mike, who's this big guy. I don't know, he's about 250 pounds, but he was the driver between Dougal's in Blantyre and Dougal's in Harare, Zimbabwe. So he used to just kind of drive back and forth and you could get the bus, you know, pay a price, small price to basically to go from one guest house to another, which was good. So Mike was one of the drivers. So him and I went into town and we stocked up on groceries to take out to the farm. I also got my Mozambique visa because you had to get a Mozambique visa because at the time Mozambique wasn't open. It was kind of like a corridor between Malawi and Zimbabwe that you could go through. So he still had to get a visa for that. So I managed to get my visa. So we actually went to Bruce's farm first because I guess Bruce's farm was right next to David's farm. So we went to Bruce's farm there, dropped off the groceries. There was a couple of uh, girls that had been working there in the tobacco fields. Meryl, who was American, and Angela, who was an Aussie. So they'd been there for a couple of weeks and they were really nice. And I'd actually had met them in Nakata Bay briefly. I didn't remember. They were like, yeah, we remember you because it was your birthday. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> and also I was known as, as soon as I said my name, Tamara, people were like, oh yeah, you're the crazy Canadian chick because I was quite well known or famous in Africa because not many people, especially women, I never met another woman who did what I did that went from Europe to South Africa by land. I'd met a couple of guys, but they had their own transport too and they were traveling together. So yeah, it was only... So a female that I knew that did it, especially back in 93, when you have no internet, cell phones, Google Maps, none of that. I don't even have a guidebook. <laughs> I just basically winged it the whole time. So all of us just had a nice big dinner together at the farmhouse, and it was lovely. Like, it was nice to be out in the country and really quiet. Well, except for us. <laughs> Tunes on, they had a pool. We had some beers, of course. And uh, yeah, it's great. But I woke up the next morning, my foot was so bad, like I could barely walk on it. And I was supposed to go climb Mahaji Mountain. I was like, I, there's no way I can go. Plus, I'm now out in a farm, you know, 120k away. But I just thought, no. And I started feeling crap again. Another wave came. Plus, Dave, Dave is like, oh, just stay here. You can stay here as long as you want, you know, for free, obviously. And I was like, well, I don't think I have much choice, to be honest. I, there's no way I can climb a mountain and I'm not feeling great. Mike and I had to take some tobacco seedlings to David's farm because we were still at Bruce's farm. And But Mike and I didn't know where the farms were. And we asked a local person direction to David's farm. And he just sent us off on a wild goose chase. We re from When we finally found it, we realized it's right next door to um, Bruce's. <laughs> we were driving for about an hour. It was ridiculous. <laughs> Cell phones would have been handy back then, that's for sure. So that's kind of what we did all day, just basically back and forth between the farms to drop off seedlings from one to the other. Finally, I went back to, to Bruce's farm where I, I just kind of had to lie down because I could barely walk. Like I said, my foot was killing me. And then we decided that we were going to go to the Zomba Club for dinner that night. So Meryl had to lend me a dress to wear. <laughs> I hated that lot. <laughs> 
I hate that love no sharks in Malawi. So after dinner, we had a couple of beers there. It was good because Bruce paid for all the dinner, for everyone's dinner. So that was nice. And then got back to his and I just crashed. And then the next morning, oh my God, I thought I'd been run over by a truck. I could barely walk on my foot, but I could barely walk, period. I had just severe headaches. It was like my head was in a vice. I started hallucinating again. I had the shits, which were green and mucousy. I could literally, by the end of the day, I was crawling to the bathroom. Like, luckily, I had the, one of the main bedrooms, so I had there was an ensuite, thankfully. And I, then I started puking up. I had nothing in my stomach, so it was like just bile, and I ended up, you know, shitting bile. Oh my gosh, it was brutal. So I knew I was getting really dehydrated as well, and just so, so sick. And that's when Bruce and David came over, and they were like, I think you got malaria. And I was like, yep, yeah, I think so too. So that's awesome. Well, I was so sick for two days, like they couldn't even move me. And then I just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And then finally, the guy said, right, we're just going to put a mattress in the back of the pickup. And we're just going to lay you in there and just go back to Tire and take you to the doctor's like ASAP. Bruce had to carry me out of his room. The girls packed up. I mean, I didn't have a lot, but packed up my stuff, put me in the truck. Got to Blantyre. Of course, the doctor the doctor was closed until 4 p.m., so we had to wait at Dougal's. Finally, it was 4 o'clock. We'd go there. I got tested. Had to wait about an hour for the results. Found out, yes, I had malaria, as well as dysentery. So probably got dysentery from drinking out the stream, <laughs> was my guess. So not just malaria, but dysentery on top. No wonder I was so sick, yet I was still bloody climbing mountains and stuff. <laughs> Plus, my illness as well kicked in. So the, there was three massive things that were happening at the same time. So I got medication for the malaria and the, as well as antibiotics for my foot. And it was bacterial dysentery, so for the dysentery as well. Just went back to Dougal's and David just gave me my own room in there. Because like I said, I'd been camping before. So I had my own room because I needed to be close to a bathroom because I still had diarrhea and, you know, was still puking and stuff. Luckily, the boys, because Mike was still there for a few days, and Bruce had to go back to the farm. But David, as well, stayed for a couple of days. So they were checking on me all the time. Plus, all the other travelers that were still there knew I got malaria. I was looked after very, very well, which is very lovely. And I now call Malawi, Malawia, because every single person I met pretty much got malaria in Malawi. And most of those people were on malaria prophylactics. I was on them when I first started this trip, but because I was gone for so long and they really screw with your mind and your hair falls out and you're photosensitive, you know, and they say you shouldn't be on it more longer than, like I was on Larium uh, longer than three months and I took it, I was on it longer than that. I, so I stopped, I had stopped taking it a few months prior, but everyone else I met who got malaria were on, were still on it or another so anyways, yeah, I just kind of just chilled out in Blantyre for four days. I just couldn't really do too much. Didn't really eat the two days I was at the farm and then two days at Dougal's. But my appetite finally started coming back. So I started like with one meal and then I kind of worked up two meals. So about after that, the fifth day, I was starting to feel a little bit better. A whole bunch of backpackers came. So they didn't want to do, because I was feeling a little bit better, they was like, okay, well, let's, you know, come with us into town. We're, we're going to go to the Carlsberg factory. 
So you could do a free tour of the Cosbrook Brewery, which was actually pretty cool because you just watch, you sit, like, after you do your little tour and see how the beer is made and all that and the vats and stuff, then you sit in the bar and they show commercial, the Cosbrook commercials from around the world, which were actually really good. And then you got a free, well, a couple of free beers. So I was like, okay, I am feeling a bit better. <laughs> Did that with them, which is cool. And then we went back to Dougal's and I managed to have a proper dinner, which was good. Then the next day, another bunch of backpackers showed up and they wanted to do the Carlsberg tour. So I ended up doing it again twice that day with two different lots of people. So by the third visit in two days, they I was trying to hide in the back and like I'd have a baseball hat on because <laughs> you were supposed to go once. <laughs> But luckily, the guide recognized me the third visit. So anyone that had a question, he would just point to me to answer the questions. <laughs> I know how Carlsberg beer is made very well. Finally, a few days later, you know, this is over the course of about nine days or so. Yeah, I was finally kind of getting ready to move on because, like I said, my money was running low. But luckily, I didn't pay. I really didn't pay anything almost the whole time I was in Blantyre. I think I paid the first two nights of camping and some money towards food. But when I was taking out for meals, like David or Bruce or Mike paid, so that was okay. But I just kind of wanted to get going. And finally, they had the bus that went from Dougal, from Blantyre to Harare. It was finally going the next morning. So I managed to get the front seat, which was great. And yeah, finally left Dougal's and Blantyre, you know, gave a big hug to my big bro, David, and thanked him, well, everyone else for looking after me. And so it was very interesting time in Blantyre, that's for sure. And we made it through Mozambique and got to Zimbabwe. So to hear about that, you're going to have to tune in to next Thursday. So make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a step along the way. And of course, you can always head over to the website, mainroadstraveled.com to Els and Traveled for more info. I'm very far behind the website, but I'm working on it. And now it's time for Tam's Top Tips. Tip number one is for malaria. And the best way to prevent it is using mosquito nets at night, wearing long sleeves and trousers preferably light colored and mosquito repellent because malaria prophylactics don't really work that well. You will still get malaria, but maybe just not quite as bad. You'll still need to take, I think it's called Fanzadar, the medicine to get rid of malaria, like to kill the whatever the hell it is, virus, <laughs> nastiness. It was brutal. I really, really do not recommend it, like I said. But yeah, if you think you do have it, then get to a doctor's. Don't be like me. Get to a doctor's or hospital ASAP and get tested, and then they'll give you the medicine to get rid of it. Okay, tip number two about the Zomba Plateau. As I said, it's about 2,000 meters high, so just about 6,500 feet. It's uh, actually in Malawi's oldest forest reserve, and you can get a guide, maybe recommend it. Don't, definitely don't drink out of the stream, the rivers, <laughs> unless you want dysentery. But you can also do it on your own. You know, I found my way eventually. And it is absolutely beautiful. So I would recommend it. Preferably not when you have malaria or an infected foot. Probably be a lot easier. <laughs> and then tip number three is about Blantyre, which is the second largest city in Malawi. It's the kind of the head of the commercial and industrial center. Uh, and it's in South Malawi. And there's about a million people that live there. And as I said, there's lots of tobacco fields, things to do there. There are two national parks nearby, so Luwande and Langwe National Parks, so you could do safaris there. 
as well as climbing the Melanji Mountains, which fortunately I didn't get to do. Okay, so I think that's a wrap for this week. So have yourself an awesome day and safe travels one minute at a time. <laughs>